Welcome to More Than Abstract, the podcast where I try to make sense of the world without using jargon and tell to Eric. I'm Prangel, and I'm joined by Eric. Hey, how's it, how's it going? I'm doing well, Eric. How are you? Hanging in here like, uh, like everybody else. So this week, I'm going to tell you about a possible future rather than a story of something that already happened. All right. I'm going to be talking about Kessler syndrome. Have you heard about this before? No. That sounds interesting, though. That's perfect. Let's get into it. But before I do, this has nothing to do with biology or illnesses or psychological things, even though the name might suggest that. Okay. It's, it's kind of weird uh, naming a phenomena syndrome without it being biology related. It would be strange to uh, name something syndrome if it doesn't have anything to do with biology or psych. Yeah, but here we're going to be talking about satellites. Oh. Okay. Say you want to launch a GPS satellite, ignoring all the logistics of like getting it off the ground, making it, putting it in orbit. Uh, this si satellite will have to stay in one specific orbit around the world for the rest of its lifetime. In this case, it would actually go to, I think it's medium Earth orbit, so pr pretty far up. Okay. Just as a bit of uh, background, there are layers to orbits that uh, satellites usually have. So they don't run into each other, correct? That that and sometimes you want uh, the satellite to perhaps follow uh, a part of the Earth, so you put it in geostationary orbit, and that orbit and that needs to be further away. There, so there's layers to this, where you go from low Earth to medium to high slash geostationary orbits. This is sort of the categories that they're put in. Side question for you first before we keep going: Is there a difference in the orbit to the signal strength? that the satellite has. I suppose so, but uh, with, uh, oftentimes with satellites, maybe they're gathering sci scientific data, they can um, usually transmit it without uh, needing to be too close to the Earth. Gotcha. Yes, is a short answer. <laughs> I'll take it. So this GPS satellite that we're launching, it's cruising along, but wait, there's, there's something that you see in the distance. What is that? Is it? It's another satellite right there. Turns out there's a lot of G GPS satellites up there and only a finite number of orbits that they can have around the Earth. Well, it's, it's probably fine, right? I mean, space is really big. It's, it's not like you won't have advanced notice before it gets close to you. After all, it's not like there's something out there in the middle of nowhere space to swerve a satellite out of place, right? Right? Uh... Eric, do you think there's anything out there? When you phrase it like that and knowing gravity's weird, Maybe some sort of weird gravity. Well, uh, that was a trick question. There's, there's not really anything out there unless <laughs> you put something out there. Okay. Like maybe an asteroid, but we're going to ignore that. So, all right, if you know it's coming, like there's another satellite intersecting your orbit, just move out of the way and, and come back to your normal orbit uh, when it's gone, right? Like that would be pretty easy to do if you have two satellites, that is. Now, um... Can you throw out a guess as to how many active satellites there are around the Earth? There has to be like hundreds of thousands. Whoa, okay, okay. <laughs> it's a bit too much. It's a little under 2,800 that are active right now. Okay, well, that are active. What about the the space junk ones? Well, I mean, they're, they're still around. Some of them have deorbited, but they're, they're still there, yeah. Um, remember, <laughs> these things still cost like hundreds of millions of dollars to get these satellites made and up there into space, so can't have millions or hundreds of thousands. 
Now that would be all fine, but what do you do once you're done with the satellite and it's reached the end of its lifetime? So Eric, say you were put in charge of this. How would you deal with a dead satellite? Not much. Not much? You just leave it there? I don't know how an effective way to reclaim it. Well, say you had a bunch of um, resources at your disposal, a disposal. What would you try to do? Ideally, if I had a choice and like the ability to do it, I'd love to have a way to recapture it and either and essentially recycle it. That would make sense. Yeah, the, these are expensive electronics that are up there. But okay, what if instead you were in the military in a certain country and you needed to get rid of that satellite? Like it had some sensitive thing in it that you didn't want out there. Oh, you blow it up. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly what happens. Certain satellites, um, they would be shot down with a missile, essentially. In space, though, it, if it's in orbit, that wouldn't really be down. That would be exploding in a bunch of directions that leave stuff in orbit. Yeah, I suppose uh, that that's a expression that I was trying to say. But yeah, it wouldn't go down anywhere. It would be shot still. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it doesn't quite have the same ring. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's what used to happen with satellites, where um, militaries would just shoot them down uh, with a missile. But there's an issue that arises from that. There's a bunch of debris that's scattered all over the place because of the satellite. And since it's space, it's, it'll be there and ongoing for a while, especially if it's higher than low Earth orbit. Uh, in low Earth orbit, there's still some atmosphere up there, so any debris will eventually, within like several years, deorbit. But in, in that time, it would still be able to make hundreds to thousands of revolutions around the Earth, all of which is more opportunities to, say, hit another satellite. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, then there's a bit of a chain reaction that starts to form. How often do satellites get hit? Well, you know what? I'll get to that. All right. Perfect. So debris collides with a satellite, and depending on its trajectory, it can either it, it has the potential to demolish it into a cloud of debris. So now you have two clouds of debris circling the Earth in different trajectories. That leads to more chances to hit something else, and then one thing leads to another, and all of a sudden you have these massive clouds of debris that are orbiting the Earth, like minefields, essentially. But that might be okay, right? If these chunks of satellite are small enough, it'd probably be fine, right? Yeah, I don't think so. The metal case of satellites is pretty tough, right? I mean, we, we do have astronauts up there who can still survive. Right. So let's take the example of a small caliber bullet, something we might expect to be able to do some damage, like a 9mm bullet, for example. Mm -hmm. If you were to put it into low Earth orbit, like any debris might be, it would have more energy than the largest sniper round that's available. Well, you were in the military, but how familiar were, were you with different types of ammunition? Uh, enough. Okay. So, <laughs> you, you probably understand that a sniper bullet can absolutely demolish most structures compared to, um, you know, a 9 mil. Right. It has a lot more mass and a lot more velocity. Yeah. So, it can penetrate much, much further than uh, a 9 mil can. And it has so much kinetic energy to it because of this mass and velocity. And uh, that's really what does all the damage. Putting a 9mm bullet into orbit gives it 500 times more energy than it would, like, you know, just in a regular gun. Space guns. 
Yeah, space guns. So this small bullet has the potential to do crazy amounts of damage. Now, I know what you might be thinking, but there's so much debris probably already out there. Then how do we still get into space, keep astronauts up there? After all, we have the ISS. Well, um, it's definitely a problem, for sure. That's uh, exactly what I was thinking, actually. <laughs> we can deal with it for now. Um, there are often times that there's holes in satellites or perhaps windows of capsules have a little crater in them, which is from debris that hits it. But to try to prevent this from happening, there's a lot of monitoring stations that uh, look for debris that's larger than about 10 centimeters, and there's a massive catalog of them. If you were to take a guess of how, of an order of magnitude of how many pieces of debris there are that are smaller than, say, a centimeter. More than six. I, I literally have no idea. <laughs> okay, there are hundreds of millions out there. There's so many pieces of debris out there, but a lot of them are small enough that we can just deal with it being like, all right, we, if we have a window up there and it gets smashed, we'll, we'll just take that capsule down and then repair it. So it's not a problem right now. But th that would beg the question, has there already been a satellite collision, which as, mm -hmm. as you asked before, um, there were, of course, the missiles fired, uh, as I told you before, but um, two satellite collisions actually happen. Uh, I think there are a few instances, like th there aren't very many. There's like probably several. So I'll tell you about one where it it's so unfortunate because two satellites literally T-boned each other almost perfectly. It was a crash between a communication satellite and an out-of-commission Russian satellite. So it was one of those dead satellites that did not deorbit. Right. And before the crash, these two satellites would get pretty close, but they were far enough that nothing really happened. They were being tracked closely, and it was decided that the likelihood of them crashing was exceedingly low, so nobody really cared. Till they actually collided and made two clouds of debris. And then people cared a lot. Then people cared a lot. But they were in low Earth orbit, so the good news is uh, there is still some atmosphere up there, mm -hmm. and because they were so close to the Earth, they ended up deorbiting, and within about five years, 75% of the de debris deorbited, and I'd assume by now most of it's gone. So we literally had the best case scenario out of that. Yeah, Good. the best case scenario. But imagine if this happened uh, to a satellite in geostationary orbit very far away from the Earth. Right. They would never deorbit. That debris cloud would be there for as long as the Earth is. But the good news is there are some laws from certain countries that require satellites to go to a graveyard orbit once they reach the end of their lifetime. So we might have averted a disaster. Well, if people follow the rules. Oh, if. Yeah. There hasn't been international law to say that a country that launches a satellite needs to do it, needs to um, plan for its death. Like the U.S., for example, they, they have this graveyard law where a satellite in geostationary orbit is geostationary orbit needs to go to a graveyard orbit when it's done but it's still not internationally recognized so if some country were thinking of starting a space program but didn't really want to spend all the extra money they could just um, cause large debris clouds and that will doom us all to be trapped on this gravity well that we call home that's all i have for you eric I do have a question what is the graveyard orbit Okay, so say you were in geostationary orbit. If you instead tilted that a little bit, or say expanded the radius a little bit, or decreased it, or whatever, if you designate that as being a dead place where only um, decommissioned satellites are, then you, we call that a graveyard orbit, just a bunch of satellites that are dead. Won't 
that overcrowd eventually or intersect? It will. And uh, there it's okay because they're, uh, um, if they're confined in a relatively uh, narrow ring, then the debris that you would get from collisions there wouldn't be that disruptive. Because it's relegated to that one space only? Yeah, it's relegated to that one space only. But uh, or uh, satellites that are in low Earth orbit, they can go in any which way, essentially. And so you can have... Mm. Uh, clouds okay. of debris going anywhere because of how much more stable it is out there yes because it's more stable okay i understand what you're saying all right that, well that's all i have for you eric i hope um this look into our future wasn't too bleak well no it sounds like we did something to uh fix it before it became a huge problem yeah um well some governments did the u.s government did or on, on the right steps too at least but there was actually more concern that was brought up recently because Starlink, you know, the, the SpaceX pro project to give internet to everybody mm -hmm. uh, from satellites, that would add, I think, twice as many satellites that are in orbit right now. So it requires much more uh, corrections to keep it from hitting anything else. In fact, I think ESA at the European Space Agency got a little annoyed with it and they started tweeting just like, oh my God, I can't believe we have to move our own satellites that are doing important scientific work for this internet. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess uh, I hopefully it'll be a, a tragedy that's been averted. Oh God, please. All right. Well, um, if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to leave a review and, and subscribe and... Uh, you can follow us wherever you get podcasts.